This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, and this is Strong Side Fridays. I'm joined, as always, by Raheem Palmer, and we are getting you ready for some Week 2 NFL action. Today, we are going to hit some of the big news stories heading into the weekend and then dive into the big Sunday games. Raheem is going to fade the public. I've got an all-day parlay for you, and then Raheem will take me on in our game of the week. We'll wrap up with a few Friday futures and best bets and get you out of here for the weekend. Raheem, you ready to win the good people some money? Oh, yeah, always. That's what it's about. That's what we're here. So let's get it. Let's do it. Before we get started, if you haven't already, make sure to download our award-winning app. You can track all of our picks there and get real-time notifications. Make sure you get those early lines as we play them coming out early in the week. Uh, As always, odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Let's dive into some of the big stories for week two. Raheem, what is at the top of our list? I think at the top of the list right now is we got these injuries for the Cowboys. I mean, we've seen the Chargers go from two and a half point favorites to three and a half point favorites. Some of that is injury related, but some of that has to do with the Cowboys. But let's talk about the injury. We got Demarcus Lawrence, who's one of their best pass rushers. He's out six to eight weeks with a broken foot. I mean, you look at his pro football focus grade. He was a 91.4 pass rusher, 96 in, in run defense. And then you got Reg- Randy Gregory on a COVID list. And you got injuries on the offensive line. Lelio Collins is out. You got Michael Gallup out. I mean, the, the Cowboys are absolutely struggling with injuries right now. And now it just came out today that Donovan Wilson wanted to start in safeties. He has a groin injury. Demonte Casey, he, he got poked in the eye, and he missed practice. So the Cowboys are in a world of trouble. That's why we see this line go from two and a half to three and a half. I think it's a little too late to get involved now, but if this line goes to three or you can catch them live, I think the Chargers have some value in terms of winning this game because I I see no reason why the Cowboys should be able to slow this team down. Yeah, it's a tough spot for the Cowboys. Chargers is a tough one. They already had to play in Tampa to start the season off. It's I don't know what to make of it. The next month after that, they play the Eagles, Panthers, Giants, Patriots, Vikings. It's a soft spot on the schedule. So either the injuries won't matter so much and they can kind of just get by with a lot of talent and get through an easier spot and it worked out or they fall behind a little bit because of the injuries in what was supposed to be a soft spot. And then it's real trouble later when things tighten up. So definitely something I'll keep an eye on. Team, I want to talk about is the New Orleans Saints. The Saints obviously had one of the huge wins in week one. They curb stomped the Green Bay Packers and left Aaron Rodgers for dead, wishing that he was hosting Jeopardy or something. But the injuries seem like they kind of mounted a little bit. Marshawn Lattimore injured his thumb, so he looks like he's out this week. Marcus Davenport, their top pass rusher, he's got injured pack, so he's sidelined. And Trey Hendrickson is gone from last year, their other big pass rusher. So that's a big hit on the pass defense. You take both pass rushers out. They're a top cornerback. Eric McCoy, the center on the line. Don't forget Michael Thomas, the star receiver, and Traquan Smith, another receiver. The Saints are a top-heavy team. 
And we've already seen them losing some guys just from cap casualties. And now the injuries are hitting. So I guess I'm a little worried that New Orleans maybe is a team just as we're getting excited with the whole Jameis Winston thing. These injuries might be offsetting that a little bit. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, when you have the whole coaching staff pretty much getting COVID, I think you're in a world of trouble. I think more than any other league, coaching matters. And obviously for a guy like Jameis Winston, he needs coaching because we saw him under Bruce Arians and his risk it, no biscuit scheme. And he's just throwing with reckless abandon. So I think the Saints are in a real tough way here. They were fortunate last week to play a team in the Packers who struggled with the run. And then they also playing the team in the Packers who they started two rookies on the offensive line last week. So they had the perfect matchup to make them look good. So going forward, I think we've seen some sharp money on the Panthers this weekend. There's a reason for that. So Fred lightly when it comes to the Saints. Uh, so we want to talk a little bit about the Baltimore Ravens as well. We've talked a lot about the Ravens already. The, the injuries continue to mount. So Raheem, what's happening with them this week? Okay. So today they lost Ronnie Staling with the ankle injury. That's going to shift their whole offensive line. You got Villanueva. He's going to be moved back to left tackle. You got Patrick McCarty. He's going to move to right tackle. You still got Tyree Phillips on IR. And then Hollywood Brown was silent at practice today. So the Ravens are in a world of trouble. If they don't have that offensive line going, and they already had injuries at running back, they had to sign some guys in Tyson Williams and Le'Veon Bell, and they just don't have the – the power rush up front that they had in previous years. Lamar Jackson is still great at scrambling, but this is not a guy who's going to win the game with his arm. And they got Kansas City coming up. The Ravens' eyes to miss the playoffs are at plus 118. And you know what they say about teams who start off 0-2. Ravens are in a really bad position right now. It's a tough spot. Certainly, you know, we get to see them in primetime again. You know, hashtag blessed Lamar Jackson on a big Sunday night, Monday night game back-to-back. It's fun to see him on TV. But it's a rough spot for them. And with the injuries mounting and staring 0-2 in the face against the Chiefs, who they have not fared against, we'll come back to that one later. But it definitely, I feel like we're going to be talking about this team either way on Sunday night. It's a really big spot for them for the, so early in the season. So that's some of our big news for the week. But Raheem, let's get down to business and make some picks. Let's get down, let's get down to business. So let's get down, let's get down to business. All right. So one thing we are going to do each Friday is fade the public. These bookmakers are smart, man. They're laying traps all over the place. You know, if you go to Vegas, there is a reason the casinos are so big. So that's why Raheem is going to fade the public each week and tell us how professional bettors are playing things to beat the squares. So Raheem, who do we got on tap for week two? We're going to go with the Minnesota Vikings right now. This line is down to three and a half. Sharp money has hammered this from the opener of four and a half down to three and a half. The look ahead line on this game was Arizona Cardinals minus one and a half. It moved three points to four and a half on opener and sharp money took it down. I thought the adjustment was way too much. I still think it's way too much when you get in the hook. Everybody who bets football knows how much that hook is worth. And the Cardinals, they beat up on a Tennessee Titans team. That was really in a world of trouble. They had a tumultuous preseason. They were 29th in defensive efficiency last year. That didn't get any better with them losing their corners. And they had they had preseason COVID outbreak. They lost their offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. When you look at the game plan going into this game, Arthur Smith last year, the Titans made a living in, in play-action passing. 
they ran play action passing about five times on Sunday. So that's not that's not something that's going to help this team out. And I think the Cardinals' dominant 38-13 performance said more about the Titans than it did about the Cardinals. So you've got a, a Vikings team with Mike Zimmer. He's 17-10 and 10 coming off a loss. Here's a trend that I read the other day I thought was interesting. Teams that lost as a road favorite in, in week one have bounced back with a record of 14-8 and eight straight up and 16-6. and six. That's 72.7% in week two over the last nine seasons. The Vikings fit that spot here. You've got a good coach in Mike Zimmer. Man, you have talked all the time. Shouts to my guy, Matt Mitchell. He works for our podcast team at the Action Network. He hates Cliff Kingsbury. I think Mike Zimmer can put together a solid defense. I think this is a three-point game either way. I know you disagree with me, so I'm going to let you get into why you feel that way. Yeah, so this is a tough one for me. I I have to say I'm feeling this week I'm a little bit Captain Square over here. I feel like I'm riding with the public on a lot of these picks. I don't like it. I don't like riding with the public, but I got to go with what I believe in here. And as I look at week one, you don't want to overreact but two of the teams I'm reacting strongest to and actually willing to say, okay, you know what? My preseason read, I, I think I'm out on it. This is, I'm, I'm ready to pivot. And that is both of the teams in this game. I do think that the Titans Cardinals game was a little bit more about Tennessee, but Chandler Jones, five sacks, JJ Watt, those guys were in the backfield all game. So with the Vikings, the big thing coming into the season was you're supposed to believe because they remade the offensive line, they remade the corners. And that was the two big weak spots. And that was where things got better. And then a game happened and things did not get better. The corners got burned all game long. Brashad Breeland was terrible. Jamar Chase was lighting him up after he couldn't even catch a pass all preseason. And the offensive line had eight penalties and three more uncalled penalties in one game. And so Now that's the Bengals. That's not a good team that you're playing against. Now you're facing a defensive front seven that looked awesome last week. Now you're facing Dondre Hopkins, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, and the Vikings also struggled with mobile quarterbacks. And we saw Kyler Murray run all over the field last week. This is a very rough spot for Minnesota. And definitely you're right about the hook. You're right about the line. I wish the line was a little bit lower, but this feels to me like the game where we wake up Monday. And one of the lead stories is the Vikings are done. They're 0-2. The Cardinals ran them off the field. The Bengals ran them out of the stadium. Is this the end of Mike Zimmer? If the Cardinals can still win this game and not cover the spread, I just think that the spread is just too high. Taylor Lewan just got exposed last week. Day for my guy. I mean, there's rough days. I mean, obviously, the, the yeah. Minnesota Vikings don't have the best offensive line, but I think their offense will come and perform in ways that the Titans didn't. So I have to take the number. I I get it. I get the number. But speaking of squares and me, a captain square over here, let's talk about some parlays. Look, betting on football is hard, and it is usually not a great idea to parlay multiple bets together and make life even harder. But, man, when you put a few of those bets together and you see that plus number, boy, do I get excited about winning one of those big, juicy uh, parlays. So every Sunday, we're going to put together what I'm calling an all-day parlay. All day, all day, all day. So if you want to ride with every Sunday, we will have one play from the early afternoon, one from the late afternoon games and one from Sunday night. We're going to sweat it out. We're going to be working to the oldies all Sunday and sweat out a parlay winner. And Raheem, you're not going to be happy with this parlay because I'll tell you right now, 
My first pick I'm putting in the parlay is the Arizona Cardinals at three and a half. Look, I'm a Vikings fan. And so I, if I'm out of the Vikings, I think there's just a spot to really be out on them. I got my Minnesota shirt on today. I'm just ready to go down with the ship. And we made the case for Arizona. That's the late afternoon spot in the early game. I'm playing the Cleveland Browns minus 12 and a half against the, the Houston Texans or whatever is left of a team. <laughs> The AFC South leading Houston Texans. Let's put a little respect on their name and God bless them for beating the Jaguars and keeping this line under two scores. Because if this game was a month from now, the Browns would be like 20 point favorites. Yeah, Cleveland is the exact sort of team that you would build to, to go in and take care of bad teams. Jacksonville is a bad team. Houston beat a bad team. Houston is still a bad team. Baker Mayfield doesn't even have to show up in this game. They could put me or you at quarterback and just hand the ball off 50 times all game long. You got the best offensive line in the league against a bunch of nothing on the D line. And Cleveland should dominate on the ground, control the clock. Their defense is good. Last year, the Browns did not cover very many games and they were, they were a backdoor team, but that's where the defensive improvement comes in this year. So I love Cleveland in that spot. I think that's probably my favorite play of the week. So Browns to cover the early afternoon. Cardinals to win and cover that late afternoon. And then Sunday night, we talked about the Chiefs and the Ravens. We talked about this game earlier this week as well. I like the Chiefs. They opened at two and a half when we gave it out earlier in the week. We knew that line was going to move. It's now three and a half, and it's not going to drop back down there. It might even get higher by the time this game gets there. So you may want to grab this one. Patrick Mahomes has never lost a game in September. The Ravens are banged up all over the place. This is a matchup that Mahomes and the Chiefs have dominated. I always feel like Baltimore should be better in this one, but Wink Martindale can't help himself. He just blitz, blitz, blitz all game long, and Mahomes just carves that up. So I like the Chiefs. It's a, it's a spot where Baltimore absolutely needs to figure it out, but I trust Kansas City to come through. Cleveland, 12 and a half. Arizona and the Kansas City Chiefs, three and a half each, playing three favorites for our first all-day parlay. It's coming out at plus 554. And if you want, if you want, if you're scared, you can just play the money lines, play the Cardinals money line and the Chiefs money line, but you're dropping on a 337 then. Scared money don't make money. Let's ride. Let's play an all-day parlay. Raheem, are you with me? I hope the public rides with you. You know, I, I like to hit singles. I like to just try to break even. Minus 110 to win 100. You got to break even 52.38% <laughs> of the time. But – just for today, I'm going to throw $100 on the all-day parlay with Brandon. Let's go. And by the way, I gave out the wrong number. It's plus $595. I just made you an extra $50, Raheem, just like that. We're already winning some money here. All right. Well, we have already gone head-to-head on a game, but every week we are going to go head-to-head. Raheem, are you ready to take me on? Oh, yeah, I'm always ready to take you on. We went we went head-to-head a lot last year in our articles, and we're going to bring this segment to the people. The first game that we have for you is the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe you're on the, the 49ers, so you can tell me what you think. Yeah, so the 49ers are three-point favorites. Uh, that one just dropped. It was three-and-a-half, so the line is moving a little bit there. The total is at 49-and-a-half. And I feel like I am standing on an island with the bullets whizzing at me, the bullets from every person at Action Network. Every time I put, read an article, click on a podcast, 
Every one of my guys at Action Network is all over on the Eagles this week. It's me and the Niners against the world. Here's what I like about San Francisco. This, to me, is a preseason read peck. Uh, this, this is a team that I was very high on entering the year. I thought that they were a possible one-seed pick. Uh, it's definitely not starting out great. We're going to talk about the injuries in just a little bit. But the 49ers last week, for the part of the game that mattered, looked absolutely dominant. They fumbled the first play of the game on offense, but then the next seven drives in a row, they've gotten a scoring position, five touchdowns, a couple of field goal attempts, a 38 to 10 lead. And look, it's just the Lions. We're not going to read too much into that. And yeah, we know what happened after that and all the garbage time stuff, but it was a great start. 49ers look good. They're well coached. The Eagles looked very good. The Eagles were surprising. They had a big win against the Falcons, but I think it was a little bit overrated. So here's what I saw. It's 15 to six and a half. It's nice. That's a nice lead. But Atlanta came out looking good. They drove over 70 yards each of the first two drives. And then they just completely fell apart after that. And to me, this was more about Atlanta than Philadelphia. The entire rest of the game, they had 70 yards on all the other 10 drives combined. The Falcons went three or 14 on third down, 260 yards. And yes, let's be fair. That was against the Eagles defense. They get credit for that. But Philadelphia scored in the second half from the 50 and from Atlanta's 22 and 21, some pretty easy field position turnover there. So I don't know that that game was quite as dominant as it looked. Philadelphia has impressed me. Uh, I don't think that this team is quite as bad as they maybe could have been. The Eagles look good in the trenches. I like where they shape up there. And I think that it's a pretty close matchup in the trenches with San Francisco. However, on one side, I got Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rieger. On the other side, I have Jimmy Garoppolo and I have Debo Samuel and George Kittle. I just, outside of the trenches, there's one team that's much better. And I trust Kyle Shanahan. And I've only seen one game from Nick Sirianni. It was a nice start. I like what I saw. I got 50 to one on coach of the year. So if I'm wrong, I've got a little hedge building toward me here, but I like the 49ers. I think it's a good team. I had the 49ers as a possible one seed. I had the Eagles as a possible number one pick. So I'm, I'm trusting the preseason read week one shifted this a little bit for me, but not enough. Well, for me, I came into this season and I wasn't really that high on the Philadelphia Eagles, but I actually gave out the Philadelphia Eagles plus three and a half against the Atlanta Falcons last week. I think the first thing you have to realize is that this Eagles offensive line is finally healthy. The defensive line is healthy. You still got Fletcher clocks. This is a team that, was second in pressure rate last last week. They had a 33% pressure rate. So they're going to be able to get to the quarterback, and they're going to be able to cause damage for Jimmy Garoppolo. And then more importantly, this San Francisco 49ers team is banged up. Cornerback Jason Barrett out for the season. Emmanuel Mosley didn't practice on Wednesday and Thursday. They signed Drake Kirkpatrick. Let me give you some news on Drake Kirkpatrick for those who aren't familiar. He played 14 games last year, but he had just a 48% success rate. He was ranked 55th among all corners. He gave up 6.8 yards per play, and he was tied for six in penalties amongst all players in the NFL. He also gave up the fourth most first downs in the league with 39 first downs. So this is not a corner that you want defending your top receivers. Now, Jalen Hurts, he had one of the lowest intended air yards in the the NFL last last week. He had 3.7 air yards. But I think they're going to air it out more this this week because you have this banged up 49ers secondary. The Eagles are at home. They got a dominant offensive line, dominant D 
defensive line, they're in a really good spot. And it's not just the it's not just the cornerbacks were hurt. You got Raheem Mercer hurt. You got their linebacker and Dre um, Greenlaw on IR. So the, the 49ers are in a really, really tough spot. I know we came into the season, we talked about how we were high on the 49ers because they were one of the top teams in adjusted games lost. But it, it appears that it's deja vu. And Football Outsiders actually covered something interesting. They spoke about how during Shanahan's whole tenure, this has been an issue. So they've been losing guys for the last two, three, four years at this point. So I don't think it's something that's going to change. I think the Eagles are in a great spot. I think the market is truly undervaluing. And at, at three, three and a half, I think you got to take them. And they got a chance to win this game outright and go into their matchup next week against the Cowboys 2-0. and The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, it definitely is a spot that I don't feel as strong about as I would have a week ago because of the injuries stacking up. And you're right. Every year, it seems like we come into the year, okay, this is the year for the 49ers. They can't possibly all get hurt again. And now we're one week into the year and the injuries already are mounting. They're, they're one of the top injured teams right now. So at some point, I don't know, like, let's take a look at the training staff or something over there. I'm not sure what's happening out in the Bay, but to me, this would have been a game. I would have felt good about even a touchdown spread as recently as a week ago before the game started. And so moving it this far, especially now that it's down to a field goal at, at three and a half, I was a little queasy, but still felt good about San Francisco. Now that it's at a field goal and, and we get, you know, the possible push in there, if it's just a field goal win. This is going to be a really a pros versus Joe's game. The market isn't really that high on Philadelphia, but I think that could change this week. If Philadelphia does emerge this week, which they won't because the 49ers are going to win. But if the Eagles win, they might start to look like that team that's coming out of the NFC East early. And they would, you know, could be this year's worst to first team. So definitely that's that's our take me on for the week. We'll see how that one comes out. One more segment and then we'll hit you with some best bets and get you out of here. I'm a big picture guy. So each week in Friday futures, we are going to zoom out and try to look at where the league is heading the next few weeks. 
play a futures angle where the odds are in our favor. Today, obviously, the future is still very close to what we talked a lot about in the preseason. So I just want to rehash a couple of picks that we have talked about before uh, that the odds are still out there that we can still play. So the first one I know Raheem is going to like because we talked about this one. This is a Cleveland Browns podcast. We talked about this before. The Browns and the Chiefs played last week, and we wanted to play the loser of that game to win the Super Bowl. And unfortunately, the books were on to us. They're too smart. The Browns lost. They looked good, and that line did not budge. The Browns are still plus 1,600, but I'm playing it anyways because here's what's next for Cleveland. Their next three games are against the Texans, the Bears, and the Vikings. And that, to me, looks like a trio of games that Cleveland might win by 40 or 50 points. We're never getting this line again. If if I look at the board, the Chiefs and the Bucks are still the obvious favorites. We know that. I like the Browns as well as any other team out there, and they are not getting a third odds at plus 1,600. I like it. Baker Mayfield, we talked about as a 35-1 to 1 MVP. Those odds have not budged because they lost that opening game. But I want to get my money in, and this is the spot. A, a few weeks from now, they're going to suddenly be winning 20-point games and 3-1, and one, and everyone will be talking about the Browns. So do you like that one, the Cleveland? Is it your time to get your money in? Oh, yeah, it's definitely time to get your money in. If you haven't gotten in already, I believe it's down to plus 1,600. And there's no better time than right now because we saw how good Cleveland was last week. They really should have won that game. A Nick Chuck fumble and a block punt was basically – that's what decided the game. So I do think you should get your money in now because it won't be there long term. I agree. So Cleveland, this is a this is a Browns podcast. Cleveland, we love you. Cleveland, this is for you. Two more long shots that I don't think are going to stay long shots for long. So get your money in now. Rookie of the year. We talked about the 49ers. We talked about the injuries they have. Elijah Mitchell, that sixth round running back. When we talked on our very first podcast for the season and gave out some early awards, we talked about Elijah Mitchell as a 500 to one rookie of the year. He is now down to 50 to one and you should still play him. Elijah Mitchell is a great fit for the Kyle Shanahan offense. He's a one cut guy. I've been onto him ever since the draft. He's a perfect fit for what they do there. Always fit better than what Sermon is. And now most are out of the way. So there's a lot of work available. Here's some guys that have been late round running backs that were in the Shanahan system with a lot of success in the past. Maybe you've heard of him. Terrell Davis, Hall of Famer Terrell Davis. He was pretty good. Mike Anderson, Alandis Gary, Alfred Morris, even Raheem Mostert. So 50 to one, tough to win as a running back. And we know Shanahan likes to rotate things around, but you're getting 50 to one. So get that one while you can. The other one that's still 50 to one, Antonio Brown. That dude looked very, very good on opening night. And he's still 50 to one to lead the league in yards and to lead the league in touchdowns. Guess what? The Bucs play the Falcons this week. And that is not going to be 50 to one much longer if he looks like he did in week one because Atlanta cannot defend the pass. Antonio Brown has another big game and that line is going to disappear in a hurry. So you have to look around and check for it. That line has moved a lot at some books, but you can still find it at 50 to one for either of those. I've got money on both ends of it. Those are my Friday futures. Raheem, you and I agreed we've got one more best bet we want to give everyone before we get out of here. What do we got? We're going with the Green Bay Packers minus 10 and a half. I think it's up to 11 now, but 11 and 10 and a half are pretty much the same because 10 is key. Look, 
Aaron Rodgers coming off one of the worst performances of his career. He completed just 30% of his passes for 133 yards and two interceptions. They ranked 31st in expected points added. It ain't going to bounce back this week. They play, they're playing the Lions. The Lions gave 41 points, 442 yards, eight yards per play, and a whopping 11.5 yards per pass against the 49ers last week. This is not Jimmy Garoppolo. This is Aaron Rodgers. Look, things got worse for the Lions this week. They lost their second-year starting quarterback, Jeff Okuda, for the year with an Achilles injury. This team doesn't have a lot of depth at corner. They're relying on rookies and replacement-level guys. And they got to deal with the Devontae Adams. Take the Packers. The Packers are 26-13-1. and That's 66.7% against the spread following a loss in the Aaron Rodgers era. Later points with the Packers. They're going to take this team into the deep waters and drown them. This is the perfect low spot for the Packers. Folks, Raheem and I like to go head-to-head on some of these games. But when we align, the stars often align with us. Just last week alone, we gave you the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Rams, the Browns, all winners. So Green Bay is a winner. Taylor Decker is another big loss for the Lions this week. That's their best offense alignment. He's out for the week. So Detroit is a bad team. They're the worst professional team in football. I'm not counting Houston as professional. The one and the AFC South leading Houston Texans. Got to say it while we can. Ain't going to last. And they're playing the Packers and they're about to get lit up. So play the Packers, play some of our other bets. Let's win some money. And that's going to wrap it up today at the Action Network podcast. Please make sure you download the Action Network app and rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. Be sure to check out Stucky and Raybon's full preview and NFL betting guide for week two. If you haven't already this week, Raheem and I will be back first thing Monday morning to run through.